Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me are Robert, Susan, and Virginia. Hello, everybody out there. Hello. Hi there. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel or stream it on semsynergy.com. Our guest today, by the way, is going to be Nick Guastella, a senior SEM analyst here at Bruce Clay, Inc. Virginia talked to Nick about Google and Yahoo's paid search deal. I think you'll like to listen to that. But before that, and uh, certainly right now, we're going to discuss the issue of copyright and whether or not you should be copywriting your content. What do you guys think? I think it's actually really important to to do. I know that we've had issues in the past, um, but with the amount of new sites that are coming online and the amount of software that's out there to borrow, we'll say, um, content from any website it feels necessary to create a what I, what I would call just a portal website or an ad website, um, it's really important to have leverage to, to make sure that those websites are not hurting or hindering your ability to rank by, by duplicating your information. Um, and by copywriting your information, it just gives you an, another point to leverage um, from a legal standpoint. Well, and really, it's so inexpensive that, you know, why not do it and just, you know, spend the $45, get the copyright, you know, then you'll be able to defend it in court, no problem. Many years ago, uh, I chose to copyright my site. Uh, I actually, at the time, they weren't really accepting DVDs or any, you know, machine-readable copies of your content. You had to actually send it to them on paper. And it cost me more to have my site copied on the paper and reproduced twice than the filing fee. The true cost of a copyright, I think, is uh, an aggravation. Um, in the beginning, I had the standard old copyright statement across the bottom of my page, and people had actually stolen my site and content. And I went at one point to actually initiate a prosecution against the copywriter and I found I couldn't enforce it because I didn't have a federally issued copyright number. So, And that's th the difference between like putting a notice of copyright and actually formally registering it with right. the copyright office. The notice gives you protection of in and of it being yours, but it doesn't give you the ability to enforce it if somebody steals it. You actually need the federal copyright number. So that's a big part of copyrights, I think, in general. Uh, the biggest problem we face isn't somebody stealing necessarily entire sites, but people stealing parts of sites. Or uh, in the case that we just recently had with Associated Press, they were fair use issues. 
I believe the copyright law reads that you can use up to 150 words as long as you quote the source as a fair use. It's commonly done in term papers and in newspapers and books and things like that. Uh, as long as you're within the federal guidelines, it would seem to me that it's reasonable in certain scenarios. You can't just go through the web and steal 100 words from 20 web pages, paste them together, and expect to rank, although some people probably do. Uh, I think that would be an issue of copyright violation. Yeah, I think there's a there's probably a you need to be using it for something. It should be in you know you're putting the quote in context, and your you know attribution is obviously a big one, but. I don't know the the recent case um, against the Drudge Retort. They were all you know thirty to eighty word excerpts. There were seven different entries. So is that fair use still? Because it's you know under one hundred fifty words, but put seven entries together and it's more than one hundred fifty words. So is it the blog is only allowed one hundred fifty words? Is it the entries only allowed one hundred fifty words? Is it this paragraph's only allowed one hundred fifty words? You know it. Trying to say, you know, if, if it was an article in the New York Times and one article quoted, you know, 100 words of something and another article quoted 75 words of something, is the New York Times now, you know, in trouble with fair use because they now have 175 words, even though it's two separate articles, two different reporters, whatever? It would have been nice if we had gotten a little more resolution to this whole issue of fair use and what counts and... And instead, we're just going to get some more guidelines from the AP about what we can or how we can use their content. Well, and then the AP is being ridiculous anyway, because 150 words is fair use, but they are starting to charge at five words. <laughs> five to 25 words, 1250. Um, I can think of five words for 1250 <laughs> that I have for the AP. <laughs> That that is you know that's five words, not seven. <laughs> Only five. So you know certainly uh, you're saving a lot of money by doing that. The uh, but the problem I think ultimately comes out that um, well first of all is the AP never quoting anybody else. If everybody that quoted everybody had to pay for the quote, ninety percent of the web would vanish. Right. Well, that's um, Michael Arrington on TechCrunch. You know, in obviously the AP covered its own story because they're a news organization and that's what they do. And they quoted Michael Arrington saying that he would no longer post AP stories. So Michael Arrington sent them a bill. <laughs> According to their <laughs> guidelines, they had quoted him and therefore they owed him money. Now, obviously it was just a joke and I have no idea what happened. I'm sure that they ignored it. But <laughs> it was just one of those things where it was like, Hmm. So are you exempt from your own laws? You know, if you're trying to set up a standard for how this stuff is going to be used, you have to play by the rules, right? I wonder if that's part of the reason they dropped it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it would seem to me that, you know, it's the pot calling the kettle black a little bit. Certainly, uh, from the standpoint of things that go on, uh, you know, copyrights are copyrights. You don't want people ripping you off. But generally, being quoted as an expert is not a negative thing. Well, I really think that, personal opinion, but I really think that a lot of this was that the AP is, doesn't like bloggers. I mean, you know, they're a news organization, and what's been taking everybody's revenue? 
from the from the you know traditional media industry, blogs, websites. Yeah, I mean, if I were them, heck yeah, I'd try every way to stamp them out. It's what the MPAA is doing with you know distribu- distributed music. It's you know we're kind of wandering off topic here. We were talking about copyright a second ago. Well, copyright on music is the same kind of stuff. There's all sorts of issues here. Um, I think that fundamentally we just have to understand a copyright is a form of protection. It isn't clear that uh, the protection is uh, universal. It isn't clear that it doesn't work. It's just, you know, we've got to keep our eye on it and, and see what we get. All right, it's time for us to take a break, but stick around. In the next session, we'll be talking to our senior SEM analyst, Nick Guastella, about the Google Yahoo paid search deal and how it could affect the way we implement search marketing campaigns for our clients. There's more SEM Synergy on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Need help improving your PPC campaigns? Tired of spending all your time swamped with spreadsheets and manual updates? Turn to Adapt SEM software to optimize your campaigns and to reach your goals. Adapt SEM is one of the most affordable and reliable tools on the market for improving PPC campaigns. Adapt SEM not only optimizes your bids, but also gives you keyword suggestions, competitive research, and helps to test ads all in one place at flat rate pricing and no long-term commitments. Learn how Adapt SEM can help manage your PPC campaigns better. Check out our free webinar at adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Sign up now for a free personal tour. Adapt.com slash webmaster radio. When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic with over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield. Their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search, abcsearch.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Domain Masters. Rick Schwartz, a.k.a. Domain King and Webfather. The Europeans should be snapping up these dot-coms because they're getting a great value because of the weak dollar. Same thing with the housing market. With a weak dollar, the people from other parts of the world can come in with a stronger currency and really get some great value. If that happens, that will uh, save the day. And historically, it has happened. If it doesn't happen, I think we're in for a really, really tough ride. Domain Masters. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. <laughs> Sink your teeth into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm. And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. 
search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm here with Nick Guastella, the senior SEM analyst here at Bruce Clay. So, Nick, I imagine that this recent announcement of a Google Yahoo paid search deal will affect the way that we implement paid search campaigns for our clients. Uh, It definitely will um, once it goes through or if it goes through. Um, They still have to get approval from the Fed. Um, They actually didn't need approval, but they've decided to hold off for about 90 days to let them look it over. Um, But the way I've heard a few rumors of how it's going to work is that the top three listings will stay Yahoo listings, while the side on the right is going to actually be a combination of Google and Yahoo. And then I'm assuming they'll do rotating it based on possibly click-through rates um, to determine who's going to get what position. Yeah. Well, it's kind of important then for them, for Yahoo, to keep you know some kind of prominence for their own ads because otherwise what's stopping advertisers from just moving over to Google? Well, I think already people will start moving over to Google because basically the thing is, if you already know that if you advertise in Google, you're going to show up in Yahoo, and let's say you already have a Google account, you don't need both. Right. So people that have a Yahoo account may just say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm done with Yahoo. I'll just stay with my Google account. I'll advertise directly through Yahoo that way. So I think instead of them actually gaining the revenue they think they're going to get, they could actually end up seeing them losing revenue as people move away from the Yahoo system. And, I mean, we talked about this a little earlier when we were prepping for this, that, uh, I mean, that's one way they're going to be losing, possibly losing money. And then the other is that they're not even getting all the uh, the price that an advertiser is paying for this. They're only getting a fraction of the Right. The I mean, cost. you know, Google's not going to give them 100% of what the click cost is. So Yahoo's going to get whatever percentage that they've agreed upon. So instead of maybe they got a dollar a click before, they may now only get 50 cents from that same click. Um, while Yahoo, while Google, you know, bids may be actually higher than Yahoo, they're still only going to get half of whatever that is. So they may actually, you know, instead of having the whole pie, they're now taking a piece. Right. So, you know, I'd rather have the whole pie. Uh, you sent over an article that you had found um, some of Carl Icahn's, um or Icon's um, thoughts on the this new deal and how he thinks there might be merit to their 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 pairing. Yeah, I mean, he, th- he thinks there might be merit as far as the revenue potential, but I don't think he's actually right because I think it's going to drive people out of Yahoo. I think intrinsically the value will leave Yahoo because, again, there's, you know, the same way with Costco came along. You know, we'd all go to stores to buy our different products. Costco came along, cut out the middleman, and we buy products there cheaper. So a lot of businesses that people used to go to went out of business because there was no need to go there anymore. It's going to be the same thing. I mean, instead of going to Yahoo to open up a new account, you go open a Google account. You show up in Yahoo. There's there's no need to go to Yahoo directly. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Right. And I mean, and after all the money they spent to buy Overture, which originally is what Yahoo Search Marketing was called, they seem to have just kind of taken a hands-off approach. So instead of being aggressive and maintaining what they had in paid search, they, they haven't. So instead of offering you know new enhancements to the system on a regular basis they took a year to launch panama and then even when they launched it they weren't you know it didn't have all the full features that you can get through google Um, panama only allows you know there's 50 keywords you can do for negative keywords there's 250 domains you can block whereas with google both of those are almost completely unlimited 
And Yahoo has parked page traffic, which is not the best quality traffic, and yet with their system, people cannot exclude it. So another possible problem is is that they may actually see a drop in bids because Google people are going to start getting exposed to this pay, parked page traffic, which they may, they can't block on their end. Um, so you know they may not be getting the same quality that they did before, just directly from the Google system. That seems like a bad um, side effect of this. Yeah, I mean, and you figure too that if if they combine, they basically control ninety percent of the search marketing business. Now, while they maybe don't, you know, control all of search itself, search marketing is its own business, and that's ninety percent, and that's is definitely a monopoly. So while they're trying to say, well, you know, we're not controlling all of it, that's you know, ninety percent. Basically, there's very few places for other people to go for doing paid search. Um, the other thing too is Ask.com already does what Google, what Yahoo is talking about doing, where they have Google listings in with the Ask listings, and that really hasn't helped them out a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's another interesting point is how uh, Google and Yahoo have justified this as being not harmful to competition, saying that it's actually going to increase competition and help Yahoo, you know, um, to improve its its offerings. And well, it, it will increase competition, but not the way you would normally think about it. It's going to increase competition amongst advertisers in the bid amounts. So, you know, you're going to have more people bidding for the same keywords because it becomes a combined system. So bid prices will drive up because they're having to bid on fewer keywords. But as far as competition as other businesses doing paid search, no, it's not going to do, you know, if you've got one company that had, controls 90%, the odds of a new paid search company coming in to actually compete is not going to be there. So bid-wise, yes, there's more competition, but that's, you know, that's not market competition. Right. So you you used to work for Overture. I used to work there when it was still called GoTo. Mm-hmm. And back when paid paid search was actually created, which was you know not actually Google that created it. Did you? Uh, I mean, and you were around for the time that Yahoo bought Overture. Yes. So what was the the feeling at the time? I mean, do you think that uh, Yahoo has drop the ball on that investment that it made? Yeah, I mean, they definitely did. You know, when when Yahoo came and bought us out, we knew eventually someone was going to pick us up. Um, And a lot of people that were there left. And instead, Yahoo kind of filled those positions with people that didn't have any experience in search marketing and really didn't understand how to approach it. And I think because of that, they, they were basically reactive instead of proactive. So instead of being out there going saying what should we do to enhance our system how can we improve things they just kind of sat back while google just kept going with paid search and you know completely ran over them so now they're kind of stuck with okay we've got this company we've got paid search you know what do we do next you know and instead they don't have the talent there to understand what needs to be done with their business so instead of trying to fix their problem and get the people in they need to they're just kind of you know selling short the company to make money from Google. And they're losing a lot of valuable people over at Yahoo right. now. I mean, I mean, I still have people that I talk to there, you know, and there's a lot of indecisiveness. People don't know what's going on. People don't know if they're going to have jobs. Um, people are already updating their resumes, planning on looking for other places to go. So you're going to get people that are going to be leaving even more. You know, if, if you've been there, you know, eight years or more, 
you know, and suddenly you're hearing this is going on, you don't know, are you still going to have a job? Have you heard anything from any clients of ours that are, you know, curious about how this is going to affect um, how you... I haven't heard anything really stuff? yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think people fully necessarily understand, you know, the typical advertiser. Um, I think people maybe have done it longer, you know, or, and there's not really a lot of information out yet as to exactly how this is going to happen and what's going to happen. I mean, the question is, you know, will people still just use the Yahoo system or they use the Google system? Is is there going to be changes there? What you know, what exactly is going to happen? But say, like three months from now, you know, after the their their holdout period where they're waiting for federal um, approval and and whatnot, and say the deal does go through, would you make any different recommendations to our clients? Um, I mean, basically, like I said, they I would you know I wouldn't necessarily worry about. The, the Yahoo platform anymore. I mean, if, if they've already got a Google account, then you optimize a Google account to get the best you know results you're getting with that those ads. You're automatically going to show up on Yahoo, and you just focus on your you know conversions or whatever kind of event you're looking for, and then you just stay you know keep all your spend with Google. You're going to show up on Yahoo anyway. So and it'll actually you know it'll it'll actually be cheaper because then you're not you know you're going to show up. If you've got a good click-through rate, if your bids are good already, then you're going to just show up in, in Yahoo, and there you go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Got a few months to wait first, though. Yeah, and I mean, there, you know, Microsoft, of course, is going to have something to say about it because you've got 90%, and you've got Microsoft, um, who entered the search business, you know, far too late. Um, they needed to buy Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Because they really, I mean, they've got really good metrics as far as conversions and things. A lot, a lot of people have experienced. They just don't have the reach because between Google and Yahoo, they've pretty much got all the traffic distribution that that is there to get. So Microsoft needed Yahoo, um, you know, and it seems like you know Jerry Yang didn't want to get sold because he, you know, it was his baby because he created the company. So instead of thinking about the shareholders, he was more thinking about himself. Um, you know, so now the shareholders and employees are just kind of out there, you know, waiting to see what happens. Mm. So, do you have any friends personally that are that are really um, upset about this or don't know what they're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got friends that still work there. That mm-hmm. you know, are already we've already talked. They're they're working on their resumes. Mm-hmm. So they're you know because they they're not going to wait to say oh I don't have a job. You know, people have houses and everything to worry about. The economy is not great, so. They've got to start looking now to try and find somewhere to go. And these are people that have been there, you know, from, you know, before I got there. So those are all people that are going to be leaving because they, you know, they want to know what they're going to be doing and where they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Thanks for coming on the show, Nick. You're welcome. Stick around for more SEM Synergy. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more. I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM and... They will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote. 
AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it out there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host, David Zatella, and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. PPC Rockstars. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm here with Susan Esparza to talk about avoiding duplicate content on your site. Uh, I really think the first issue is just to address what kinds of duplicate content are out there. You know, we talk a little, we talk a lot about duplicate content as if it's one specific thing, but in reality, a lot of things can cause duplicate content issues and get you filtered for, you know, having duplicate content. Right. Yeah, because. Um, some of the ways that you might be finding yourself facing duplicate content are like your printer pages, um, product yeah. pages. Yeah, absolutely. Printer pages are a big one. I mean, you know, you've got your article on your site and you have it spread across several pages for readability or just so your advertisers, you know, they want to see page views. So you get your page views up that way. But you still want to offer a printer friendly option. And then you forget to know index it. And now you suddenly have a duplicate content issue and things are getting filtered. And that's not good. You know, that's not useful to you, particularly not useful to your advertisers who really don't want that printer-friendly page to be the one spidered. Um, And like you said, product pages are another big one. If you have 11,000 products on your site and you're using the manufacturer description on all of them, then you and the manufacturer and everyone else who's selling that product has the same, you know, content, duplicate content, you're going to get filtered. Only one person can be number one. So then um, what do we do about product pages? 
Well, I, I think that that's you know really one of those issues that you kind of have to deal with on a company by company basis, and you have to ask yourself: Is it worth it for me to rewrite all eleven thousand? product descriptions? Is it maybe just the top 100 that I should be focused on? Should I be focusing on creating other content for my categories and my silos and bring people in through that way so that, you know, when they're looking for a specific kind of thing rather than a specific product, they'll be brought to that page as an authority page. There are ways around it. It's and, and ways of adding unique content that isn't just, oh, well, I can't use the manufacturer description. Right. Okay. So let's Think of some other ways. Um, like when you have multiple sites or mirror sites. Oh, yeah. Or you own a million domains and you've got it everywhere. Or uh, what, like different top-level domains are mm. a big one. If you're in several different countries, um, you know, you're going to run into duplicate content. Did you, although that's not so much of a problem. If you have a site in the U.K. and a site in the U.S. and you have the same content on both, the U.S. one's going to get filtered, but that's okay because you want the U.K. one to be showing. Right, as long as the top-level domain is different. and Right, and you want to be located there and blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, what about parameter or URL sessions? Oh, and like for uh, session IDs, tracking yeah. IDs, that kind of stuff? Right. Um, well, there are ways, I guess, that you can, you know, go into Google Webmaster Tools and tell them, you know, for this parameter, drop it off. If I prefer to have my site indexed with the www rather than not, and I don't know, it, it works kind of, right? Not you all can the always, time. Um, submit your preferred version of the URL in the sitemap, and uh, yeah, redirect I, tracking IDs and affiliate IDs, and set your cookies. To reduce the duplicate content. Yeah, really. I really for the www non www the preferred thing. Yeah, you can set it in the webmaster tools. I think you really should do it the right way and you know do a three hundred one redirect. Make it all the same. Don't leave it to Google to get it right because it doesn't always happen. It yeah a it doesn't always happen and b as shocking and blasphemous as this sounds, Google is not the center of the universe. There are other search engines out there, and people still use them at least a little bit. I have friends who won't use anything but Yahoo. I don't know why, but they won't use anything but Yahoo. <sighs> so, um, And then syndicated content sometimes comes back to bite you if you're and, and causes you not to rank for for content that you may have written. For yourself, I mean, it's a great in a lot of ways because it can get you more traffic and exposure. But what if it doesn't let you rank because some more authority site has got it or something? Yeah, yeah. That you know, if you know, we write something and it gets picked up on Spin. A lot of times, Spin's going to rank for it because they have a lot more, you know, inbound links and more authority. And you know, it kind of sucks for us because we're the ones who created the content, but because they're the authority site. You know, they're getting first credit, and it's, you know, it, it's unfair in that, you know, we did the work, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? Do you really have to balance is this worth having the visibility versus the search engine rankings out of it? And I think, in like in the case of Spin, yeah, it is, because right. you're going to 
because it links to your content anyway. People exactly. are going to click through. They're going to read it. They're going to participate and be part of the conversation. So, And then for like a more expanded version of this whole syndicated content discussion, um, Vanessa Fox has it on her personal blog, Vanessa Fox Nude. She has like a, this full article on it. This is really great. And um, yeah, and one of the key points of that is just have them link back. Like, you know, like you said, spin automatically will have a link straight through to Bruce Clay, but that right, that post on uh, her blog was last month, I think, on syndicated content and how you can control that. Um. Right. So that brings us to plagiarism and scraping. Oh yeah, that's that's the I think what most people think of when they think duplicate content. They think someone has stolen my site, and there are ways that you can get it right and you know ways that you can get it wrong. Um, I mean, just the very first is go out and copyright your content. It's fairly simple. Lisa just wrote about it um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, her quick and dirty guide to copywriting your content um, on our blog. And, you know, she explained how you register your site. And for a blog, there's something called derivative work, which allows you to register a whole updated version every three months so that you're not constantly going back and being like, well, and now this one, and now this one, and now this one. It just sort of picks it up as time goes on. Right. And that's most fitting for the web, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. With, with your websites, which should be always evolving to you know catch up with what your customers are looking for, it really helps if you have a copyright on there. And then the nice part about that is as soon as you know somebody steals your content, and people steal entire websites, you know, it happens to us all the time, um, you can just send them a cease and desist. This is my content. Take it down. If not, there are lawyers involved. You know. Right. Pretty simple. Google's got an easy way for you to submit um, a request if you find somebody has been scraping your stuff. Right. There are links to that in her article as well, I mm-hmm. believe. She links both to the Googles and to Yahoo's and, and Microsoft. Microsoft's. So you can get it out of all, th- all big three um, search engines and you know, kind of get that taken care of. Um, I thought an interesting suggestion was from Michael Gray. Um, he had a post recently about Google and dealing with duplicate content and things like that. And he suggested that in your RSS feed that you actually automatically add links to the source post into your blog so that if anybody scrapes it, there you go, now you have a backlink. Mm-hmm. You know, which... It's kind of cool, and you know nobody's going to look at the scraper blog and be like, "Oh, I see." It says this was originally posted at whatever, and now I know that this isn't an authority blog, and I can go find the blog where it is. So that's nice. Um, doesn't really help Google because they're a little bit dumb about it, but you know it, it does at least get you the traffic back to where it's supposed to be going. Um, I think we are out of time, so. We will wrap this up. Thanks so much to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. I also want to remind our listeners to send internet marketing questions to SEMSynergy at BruceClay.com. This is Susan. And this is Virginia. Asking you to come back next week when we talk to Harry Miyamachi and Hisayoshi Araki about SEO demands in the Asian marketplace. Good I job. really apologize <laughs> the, if I screwed up those names, guys. Check out SEMSynergy.com for more on next week's show and this week's guest and topics, too. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.